Okay, one, two, three. All right, everybody, welcome back to A&D Do ID. So despite what Ashley said in the introduction, there will be a couple more mentions of coronavirus. For this segment, we're going to be talking You're making me a liar. About... <laughs> we're going to be talking about infection prevention. Uh, this is obviously a hot button topic with all of the discussion with PPE and how to sterilize things. We're going to try and stay away from that and focus more on what you're going to need for the pediatric boards. Does that sound all right, Ashley? That sounds good. I do want to say before we start that the the real answer to most of the questions is like common sense, you know, but we'll go through it so you don't get too confused about some of the specific stuff. But in the real test, like just pick the thing that sounds the most right. You'll probably be right. Yeah. If it says wash your hands as an option, like that's wash the your answer. hands. Yeah. If, if it says rub stool on it, it's probably wrong. Not the right answer. I mean, I don't All know. All right. <laughs> let's let's dive in. So okay, go. let's talk about daycare centers. So obviously this is a big issue for parents when they have to keep their kid out of daycare. Yeah. So what are the types of things that daycares can do to help prevent transmission of disease? And then what are the diseases that we can't, that kids can't go to daycare for? Okay. Uh, so following the uh, common sense rule, one, make sure all of your kids are vaccinated. So daycares should require vaccination for enrollment. That is very simple and easy. Okay, that's number one. Two, um, you should make sure that all the staff um, are kind of aware of trouble signs and reasons to call uh, parents for pickup. That's easy, right? And then we get into more of the other stuff. So most things actually kids can go to school for, like, and they can go to daycare for because they're all Petri dishes. They're all giving it to each other anyway. So like if they have little sniffles, it's fine. They can go to school. Um, but if the illness is preventing them from doing activities, if they're having significant diarrhea, so more than two loose stools, uh, they should be sent home. If they have a oral lesions and um, are drooling, they should be sent home. Uh, severe illnesses with fever greater than 100.4, behavioral changes, difficulty breathing. I mean, again, these are very common sense. They should not be at school, right? Not hard. Makes sense to me. Okay. But there are some disease-specific exclusions that the boards want you to know, so we're going to go over them. All right. Number one, hepatitis A virus infection. So if they have hep A, hepatitis A, they are excluded from daycare for one week after jaundice starts. So whenever jaundice starts, that's day one. They have to be gone for at least one week before they can go back to school. Uh, and they're probably having diarrhea, so they shouldn't be there either. Exactly. Uh, impetigo is actually one. They need 24 hours of antibiotics plus a cover, uh, like a dressing, over the lesions. And that is oral lesions, also an exclusion from daycare? Well, it's more like skin lesions on the outside of the mouth. That's fair. Outside oral lesions. Yeah, I mean, it's close, but I understand. Don't get technical. Okay, you're right. Okay, ready? Measles. Right? Oh, man. Don't go, to, don't go to daycare with measles. So they are excluded for four days after the onset of rash. Mumps is five days after the parotid swelling. They can go back to school. I know. Head lice. Disgusting. Mm. Yeah. Head lice. <laughs> 
They have to have completed their first treatment with head lice for the head lice before they can go back, which is actually sooner than I thought. So it's fine. Uh, pertussis, big one. I I don't know if you're noticing a trend, but a lot of these are vaccine preventable. Okay. I was gonna say it turns out that some of these things we have a vaccine for. Imagine that. Shocking. Uh, pertussis, you are excluded for five days after completion of antibiotics so that's a big that's actually a pretty long one if you think about it because most people are treated with azithromycin so you're looking at 10 days out of daycare for that one uh rubella you have six days after the onset of infection uh, onset of rash six days uh salmonella typhi this one basically until their diarrhea resolves it's fine uh scabies another one of those little lice you just need one treatment in so all the little lice things get one treatment you're good to go um strep pharyngitis 24 hours after onset of uh, i'm sorry 24 hours after treatment with antibiotics has begun they can go back to school as long as they're still afebrile shocking are you ready for this one tuberculosis <laughs> Uh, you have to be, um, deemed safe by infection, uh, infectious disease physician before you can go back to, to school. That one. I think you have bigger, bigger concerns if you have TB. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to let that one go. Okay. And then, yep. uh, chicken pox or varicella zoster. That would be the last one. And this one you get basically six days after the rash starts, which is again, a pretty decent amount of time. These have fairly significant social, uh, and financial implications for families, which is, again, another reason to vaccinate. All right. Sounds good. So let's move on. I guess we will talk about PPE a little bit since we're going to talk about uh, hospital and office infection control. So let's just do a broad overview of precautions. So universal airborne droplet contact. People have probably heard a lot about this in the news right now, um, but we'll, we'll break it down for what you need for the boards. Okay, universal precautions. This means you do it for everyone, all the time, no matter what. One, wash your hands. I mean, it's not that hard. Wash, your, wash your hands. Okay. Wear gloves when touching bodily fluids. That's okay. just good for life. Right. I think you're right. That's a good life rule. Uh, wear masks and eye protection if you're doing procedures of mucous membranes. Yeah. That seems reasonable. All right. Un universal. Universal. Uh, put needles into a sharps container. Don't poke yourself with a needle. Noted. Okay. Um, don't give mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. That's one. That's not what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> Use a bag valve mask. I mean, that's unless you're oh. in COVID, then you're not supposed to, but we're not talking about that. Uh... <laughs> That's it. I mean, really, again, this is common Universal. Sense. Universal. All right. Okay. How about airborne? Airborne. This is the talk of the town right now. Okay? Mm-hmm. Airborne transmission is basically when little tiny little guys, little virus or whatever, they get spewed up in the air, and they can kind of travel a lot. That's why we care. All right? So you need these, some examples besides coronavirus, because we're not talking about that today, uh, tuberculosis, measles, varicella is actually airborne, which is why it's so infectious. 
Um, these need special negative pressure rooms if you're in a hospital. And the healthcare providers are supposed to be wearing the elusive N95 masks. N95. All right. Uh, how about droplet precautions? Okay, this one's a little bit, you know, this is like, you think about it, you're talking, and then you kind of have like spit come out of your mouth. That's like the droplet. So it can travel a little bit, but it's not everywhere. All right. So this is about three feet. That's their travel. All right. So coughing, sneezing, talking, any of that can kind of make the droplets kind of go anywhere. So um, basically this, you need to wear a mask and you need to... Uh, Gown and glove. That's it. Noted. Basically, protect yourself from getting the droplets on yourself. Yeah, exactly. Oh, easy. All right. How about contact precautions? So I want to say one of my one thing I think people forget, RSV is actually contact. So you would think RSV is more like droplet or airborne because it's so everyone has it, but it's actually contact, which is kind of interesting. So you don't even need a mask. You just need gown and gloves. That's it. All right. Fair enough. So let's move on to our next uh, section of infection prevention. And this is probably one that we get a lot of questions from parents in clinic about is breastfeeding. When should moms not breastfeed? I know there's only a couple, there's only a couple diseases that they got to think about, but they do exist. Yes. Okay. The biggest one, and really the true contraindication of breastfeeding for mater mom, maternal reasons, is HIV. And that's in America, or th like a non-third world country. So in third world countries, the risk of HIV is actually lower than the risk of not breastfeeding, because breastfeeding is so good for the babies. And so any other, in third world countries, breastfeed through HIV, but in America and the U.S. and probably in Canada, it's you should not breastfeed if you're HIV positive mom. Um, some other kind of weird things. All right. Basically, if the mom has untreated tuberculosis, now they can express breast milk, and it's not like a forever, but they basically um, need to be treated, and then after two weeks of the TB being treated, they can go back to breastfeeding. The other thing is HSV lesions on the breast. So if you have HSV lesions, like where the baby can contact them, then they should not breastfeed until the lesions have resolved. Uh, but you can pump and give breast milk from the other side if you wanted, um, but just not over the actual lesions. Uh, the other one that's kind of weird, to be honest, um, is moms who are positive for human T-cell lymphotrophic virus, type 1 or type 2. Oh, yeah, of course. I know. Or untreated brucell brucellosis should not breastfeed or give express breast milk to their babies. I do I remember questions, questions about HTLV. Yes, I know. I did, too. And I was I remember thinking, what are you talking about? I've never heard Correct. of this in my life. But it's Correct. apparently a thing. <laughs> I know there's some medications. I don't think we need to focus on those, but there are some medications that are contraindicated in breastfeeding, but that's one where you need to discuss with a pharmacist. Um, I don't think there's any reason to memorize that stuff for the boards. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
Remember, hep B positive and hep C positive are not contraindications to breastfeeding. All right. Very good. So we will move on to evaluation of adopted, internationally adopted children. So these are kids that maybe haven't had the same screenings performed. Um, their vaccine schedules may be different or non-existent. What do we have to do for these kids, Ashley? So there, luckily, I think for the general pediatrician, there are a lot of clinics that do this. Uh, so they, you won't probably have to do it. But for the boards, you might have to. So we'll talk about it. Because um, console is not the right answer on the boards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, most of the time very true. Yeah. Unless it's neck fash and then always console. Um, true. But anyways, uh, there are basically a few uh, infectious diseases that have to be screened for within two weeks of a child arriving from an international adoption. So basically you have two weeks to figure out if they have these things so that you can treat and hopefully prevent transmission um, here in the United States. That's kind of the whole point. Um, the first one is hepatitis B. So you need the hepatitis B serologies, um, hepatitis C serologies, uh, syphilis screening, HIV screening, a stool and ova parasites. So that lo is looking for infections like cryptosporidium and giardia. A TB skin test. Again, the tuberculosis, uh, it kind of sucks, so we try and catch it. And then um, some countries will require you to look for trypanosoma cruzi, which is, um, you know, the kissing bug, right? That's right. Mm. And um, if they're from, uh, never mind, I'm not going to say the next part. That's it. Okay. Um, and that's kind of, the, those are the big ones. There are some other weird things, but those are the big ones I think you probably need to know for the boards. I like it. All right, moving on then. So prevention of vector-borne diseases. I think that this one pretty much is just, this is looking at like ticks and mosquito-borne infections. So first off, you'll probably get something in the uh, question stem pointing to an endemic region for tick or mosquito-borne illnesses. But all it boils down to is you should wear long sleeve uh, clothing and pants to cover the majority of surface area and then also use some kind of insect repellent, usually with DEET in it, to uh, prevent these kind of transmissions. I think that's probably, from a prevention standpoint, all we need to focus on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get Zika. I mean, I don't know. But really, it's don't malaria. Don't get Zika. It's really like malaria and if you're in and Lyme disease. Oh yeah, that's true. Lyme. Um, if you're like in a country, if you're traveling to a country, uses mosquito net. I mean, you know, for malaria. Yeah. That's, and, and that might be right. And that might be a question too, is they may talk to you about being in a foreign country and what kind of preventative measure can you do, um, beyond what we just talked about. And mosquito net is definitely one that's an option. Again, we're, this is common sense kind of stuff, I think, for most of us. I agree. All right. So we kind of talked about um, vector-borne diseases there. So what about infection of um, recreational water use? Okay. Uh, whenever When you first said this, the only thing I thought about was polio. That's it. That's all I got. Don't poop in the waters during the summer at the at the public <laughs> pools. I mean, that's what happened, you know? All these people got polio. This is, this is true. 
there's probably a few more that we got to think about, though. Um, if you see anything about camping and fresh water um, or like water skiing, then you got to think about Giardia. There is a crazy one that they may talk about somebody doing a rope swing into a lake. Uh, do you remember what that one is? The brain eating. Oh, Nagleria ne- ne- fowleri. Is that right? Yeah. I love that yeah, one. That's but pretty it's crazy. Really, it's pretty sad. It's just interesting. It, it is interesting how it happens. Basically, you get a rush of water up your nose and the parasite just gets in there and you die. That is sad. But anyways, we'll talk more about stuff like crypto, um, Camphlobacter, Salmonella. So anything that you can get from drinking water, you can get from recreational water stuff, especially like swimming pools. Um, what you worry about is poor uh, decontamination of swimming pool or not enough chlorine. So then these viruses in the summertime when there's lots of people in the water and warmer water, sorry, not viruses, bacteria, um, just start producing more and so kids like to drink pool water and come down with these illnesses um e coli is probably another one that you need to consider basically anything that has fecal oral transmission uh is going to be high risk for recreational water activities all right keep your keep your pools clean (laughs) all right don't poop Um, in the pool that's again we are just dropping good life lessons Uh exactly yeah wash your hands don't poop in the pool yeah again common sense (laughs) all right and then from a prevention standpoint i think we'll round out with just uh some antibiotic resistant stuff um i think this highlights and us as pediatricians are notoriously bad at this Um, but recognizing the effects of excessive antibiotic use and how that leads to resistance. Um, so I think that's where, for instance, the pediatric community came up with the watch and wait approach for ear infections, because we don't need to just throw antibiotics at every single red ear that we see. Another big one, right. Another big one too, is not everybody needs a Z pack. You speak lies. <laughs> and honestly, that might be a little bit more in the adult community now. I think that pediatrics has gotten much better about that. But really, you do not need to. What are you doing, mommy? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. My son is making a. Uh, a he's going to join us on the podcast today because it's called coronavirus and we don't have daycare. Hello. Okay, you have to leave now. Hi, buddy. Wow. Okay. Go Say goodbye. Bye. All right. Sorry, we interrupted you. Hello. No, and <laughs> basically, <laughs> don't give antibiotics when they aren't indicated. Um, and then, for instance, if you have a cough and runny nose, you probably don't need antibiotics. Fair. All right. I think that's probably it. Anything else? Yeah, I think I'm getting cut off here at home. Parker, do you want to say signing off? Do you want to say you want to say signing off, Parker? Say signing off. Signing off. <laughs> Thanks See you for guys listening. next time. Bye. <laughs> That'll be like cute. It. Hey, wait, stop. Hey, stop. Hey, stop. 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 Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, that's perfect. We got all of it just in time. <laughs> just in time.
Uh, he thinks it's hysterical. He's like talking into the microphone. Um, What's up, Parker? Parker, here, wait. Let me put you on. I'm the buddy. Can you say hi? Hello. Look. Hi, buddy. Hi. <laughs> He's so cute. He's so cute. <laughs> what are you All doing? Right. I know. Do you remember David? He's in Indiana. Was he? He's in Indiana. Dave? Yeah. The octopus? Yeah, Dave the octopus. <laughs> are you in the... <laughs> Dave the octopus. All right. There's What's Nick. Up, hey, man. How are you? Oh, hanging in there, dude. How are you doing? Lovely. <laughs> All, All right, right I'll get this stuff uploaded. I think okay. the intro is already uploaded for you. And then I'll do the milestones either tonight or tomorrow. Okay, okay sounds great. I'll try to get it done by the end of the week. Sounds good. Okay, bye. Yeah. Stay, stay non-infectious. Yeah, this. you too. I caught something. <laughs> okay, right, I'll talk to you later. With this yeah, yeah, we have to be done. Push the button. Push right there. Push that red button right there. Click. No, no, no. Click right here. Watch. Click. Ta-da!